Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 7, Episode 6. What if Episode 5 again? The book, Vector Prime, by R.A. Salvatore. The year, 1999. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. So you're saying that Luke Skywalker is extorting the New Republic. Also, the fact that they named it with her last name in the name, that's tacky. I shitted and farted and came. Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe novel discussion podcast. I am your genial host, Jeff. And I'm your congenial host, John. Oh, gross. Does that mean you're catching? <laughs> I am. I'm catching cons. <laughs> Ew, nah, wait, okay, so you're Comics con- and Genghis. You're congenial, but you're not congenital. Yes. Okay, that's fair. All right, that's good. We're good then. That's just one T. You're missing a T from being congenital. Oh, I don't like T's. Yeah, who does? So, but you, that's uh, di, get, fine. So anyway, here on uh, the expanded universe, expanded universe show, what we do is review, review old expanded universe novels. Yes, indeed, we do. Mm-hmm. And we've been working our way patiently through uh, Vector Prime, the very first book in the New Jedi Order series. The introduction of the Yuzhan Vong. Yeah, I, there's some hints about them in a previous book, maybe, I don't remember. But this is definitely the first time you're really getting to see them Yuzhan Vongos uh, go running around the galaxy. What? Yeah, I love to play the Vongos. <laughs> uh, go running around in our galaxy and just fucking shit up. Yeah. Hey, you remember Donkey Vong? Oh, shit. Is this an episode of Donkey Vong? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the accent would be that would get you to Donkey Vong. <laughs> <laughs> some kind of German, I mean, right? You know, some kind of German. Some One of them Germans. <laughs> like maybe a Russian. Yeah, you know, that type of German. Like a Prussian accent, I think is what you probably... A Bohemian uh, maybe an Austrian would get you there. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what's going on in the? Well, well, first of all, where did we last leave our heroes? So last we left, the city of Townsville was being covered by disgusting poison gas. Yeah, the Excal Four space station on Belkanan. Uh, it was about to choke in a river of uh, mutated plant coughs. Yeah, it was just uh, beetle farts were covering yeah. the planet. But if you say beetle farts three times, yeah, then, then be- he shows up. Oh, and he's worse than Beetlejuice by a mile. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a reason he never... He's not even played by Michael Keaton. <laughs> he's played by like a B-rent Michael Keaton. The, yeah. Uh, who's a, who's the worst Michael Keaton? I don't know. That's that's a hard thing to picture. Uh, Val Kilmer? Sure, yeah. A current day Val Kilmer yeah. plays, plays beetle farts. <laughs> Oh, wow, do I want a current day Val Kilmer to show up in makeup in a stripy suit and be like, I'm Beetle Farts. That's me. How you doing? I'm Beetle Farts. Hey, Beetle Farts here. It's me, Val Kilmer, because Jake Busey said no. <laughs> Jake Busey had things to do. He, he was on Stranger Things. He got Stranger Things money. Do I look like I got Stranger Things money? No. Five. Maybe. I mean, I definitely look like I have McDonald's money. <laughs> I definitely look like I got taken over by the Mind Flayer, though. That's, that's, uh. uh whoo. Yikes. Whoa. I'm melting as we talk. <laughs> so, uh. This is not what Val Kilmer sounds like, <laughs> and it is getting more weird the longer I say it. That's the best thing about it, is that it was never Val Kilmer to begin with. 
Because he kind of talks normal, and so doing an impression of him would not be very fun. No. He'd be like, hi, I'm Val Kilmer. Hello, I'm Val Kilmer. You might remember me from a Batman film. You might remember me from when I was the saint, and I did the weirdest German accent. Mm, Yeah. I'm Rutger Hausenfalster. I was also in Top Gun and a variety of other films that I do not claim to remember. (laughs) I'm Val Kilmer. Uh, So yeah, that was happening over there. Meanwhile, at Lando's Asteroid Resort, the Skywalkers and Solos are having a fun little vacation, and all the kids got to go on the, like, asteroid belt ride. I mean, that was, like, literally the first thing they did. They just finished, like, a multi-week journey to get out there, and the moment they get off the ship, they're like, yay, time to go ride the TIE Fighter bumper cars. <laughs> yeah. And then, le- and, and then uh, Jaina set the record, and everyone said, yay! Yay, you had the most times in a bumper car. Yeah, and she won the most tickets, enough to buy the, the kind of air cannon thing. Foomp, foomp, it says, and it blows your hair back, and you're like, hey, knock that off. Hey, come on not now. in the face. Not in the face, that's startling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, man, was it last chapter that... Uh, our our one lady got captured by yes yeah and last chapter okay. featured uh Danny, uh Danny Key Danny Key getting captured by Prefect Degara and also the um, the the flight of those four ex gal yeah people. the bumblebees the bu- the yeah, flight, flight of the, of the bumblebees the, yeah well, they called themselves the bumblebees you uh, didn't know it but they yeah, did they had special shirts made they didn't they, they never got the chance to talk about it or show the special shirts <laughs> but they got them they did have them they had spe- and that was also their bowling name and their trivia team name yeah it's real sad that they're dead <laughs> so sad yeah r.i.p the bumblebees we poured we poured out a uh <laughs> poor bumblebees we hardly knew ye yeah they only got one chapter but yeah they were the ones who discovered that the uh the problem was caused by beetles making plants fart uh and then they they desperately raced across the planet only for the last one to arrive just in time for yeoman car to like warriors hunter instincts or whatever at him and and, and take him out yep so that's where everyone is so at the beginning of chapter 11 uh Yeoman Carr is wandering around, warrior hunting and hunter instincting at people. And so, one of the remaining six people still at X Gal mm-hmm. is well, six not including Yeoman Carr. Yeah, there are seven people left with him included, and they've all u- they're all now using the buddy system. Yeah, so they got a system of two, two, and three, mm-hmm. and one of them is up trying to fix the tower that. Poor Gareth Breen or whatever uh, died doing. Garth Brees. Garth Bre- Garth Brooks died Barth- valiantly. <laughs> His name's Barf, John. He's Mog. He's half man, half dog. He's his own best friend. Oh, I wish there was more. Ex- if there was more Spaceballs expanded universe, expanded universe, <laughs> that'd be great. Give me the Spaceballs novels I crave. Oh man. So yeah, we've got. Uh, Yeoman Carr has, at this point, at least when he's outside, just abandoned any pretense of not being a murderer. Because he's got, instead of an enviro suit, he's got his starfish on. He's not wearing his oogleth masker. He's just like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to walk around killing people. Which is funny, because he's all like, yes, now they will never be able to to uh, rebuff my cunning warrior instincts. And then he goes around killing people who are, like, surprised or stabbing them in the back and and, and stuff. And it's... It kind of, the two things don't seem to run together. I guess it's because he doesn't respect them. They're like bureaucrats to him, Morty. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, there's a person who's trying to fix like a radio thing inside the building, 
and uh, so it's, it's up on the tower. Oh, well, well, she's the one who's. There's two of them. One's up on the tower. The first one he kills isn't on the tower. Is on the tower. What? No, yes. Okay, fine. Do you take it from here then? Yeah. So if the, you're so smart. Yeah, Lysir is up on the tower mm-hmm. trying to fix the same communication thing that uh, Gar- broke. Garth yeah. died at doing. And uh, down below mm. is uh, Yeoman Carr just kind of like hanging out and watching her like mm. a pervert. Yeah. And uh, eventually she fixes it and she's like. Hey, I did it! And then sees Yeoman Car being essentially just Yeoman Carring around, and yeah, he's like, he oh, also, shit. And he also broke it down where she was waiting as well. There was, like, some other wire down there. That yeah, he just important. took an axe to it. Yeah, he just took an axe to some wire. And so she comes down, and she's like, I fixed it! And he points to the spot where he broke it again. It's like, yeah, look at that. Huh? Also, I'm a weird, gross monster now. Yeah, and she's like, oh, fuck. And so she tries to run away, but he just sort of chops her apart as she's running away from him. Yeah, he just trips her, and then as she's on the way down, he grabs the air hose out of her enviro suit and is like instead of just killing you i'm gonna let you choke to death on tree farts yeah so she dies trying to get away from him uh and then eventually someone opens the door to where they are yeah like her she, buddy she like got to the door of the compound yeah and died right there like leaning against the door so the person she was supposed to be in a buddy system with that didn't go outside with her mm-hmm eventually opens the door and is like oh shit oh no she's dead she has like five seconds to be sad about it before she gets murdered by yeoman car yeah and in comes an axe right into her chest and for some reason this makes yeoman car be like yes now that i've killed the last two remaining females truly i have secured victory like i don't think that's i don't feel like they were going to try and solve this problem through repopulation yeah i also don't Remember any point where you were like, oh, the women are the most dangerous of the humans? Well, I don't even think that. I, I think he was literally like, now they, even if I didn't kill all of them, they can't breed their way back. <laughs> breed their way out of this. Yeah. It, so I think that's what he was like. I have sterilized the population of this planet in more ways than one. I mean, he doesn't say that. And that is the first thing that came to mind when he was like, ah, yes, the ladies are gone. Truly, my victory is sealed. Mm-hmm. But. I was also just thinking, like, man, I feel like this would be the kind of thing you would say if he came from, like, a matriarchal society yeah, the, where the, the, the women were the huge soldiers and you were like, yes, now that they're out of the way, only these weak-willed men are left. Yeah, but that's not the case for this species. They're merit- meritocratic. They they just respect whoever's the most powerful. And seeing as how every picture of them depicts the males as, you know, hulking orc monsters and the ladies as sexy babes... <laughs> With, sexy babe with, monsters with gross monster heads yeah they're just sexy mon- they're sexy babes on the shoulders down oh yeah they're the surprise cartoon babes yeah where you're like wow as you're looking and you pan up <laughs> and then you get to the gross bug head, oh and you're like, my hand exactly yeah, you get that do... roger rabbit shit yeah yeah minerva mink or whatever her name was uh i think wasn't that from like it's animaniacs minerva, yeah, minerva mink is from animaniacs yeah i forget the name of the actual character in that Myra, uh, Myra. I, think, I thought it was M's. Anyway. The, Moira McTaggart. <laughs> it was probably Moira McTaggart. Uh, you know, Professor X's on again, off again girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, they, so he kills the two ladies and he's like, yes, finally I have snuffed out the life of all the women on the planet. They will have to change what Thursday nights are at the bar now. <laughs> the, uh, 
The other thing that I found really weird with this is they spent so much time in the previous chapters going over like, oh, I can't just murder them all right now. I have to wait and make sure they die with the storm. I'm like, why? Was it important that you axe murder them in a storm rather than otherwise? I think there was a, a, a point at which they could probably find a way to get a communication off planet. And he couldn't let that happen. But he had already destroyed the tower. Yeah. Like, they had to send someone to go fix it again. He had sabotaged their little freighter. He was just kind of like, oh, I was told not to murder them and let the storm do it. But the storm's here, and who's going to know? Yeah. I'm appreciating the efficiency of the Yuzhan Vong so far, but I'm also kind of starting to get tired of their uh, smugness about everything. I mean, they're... Uh... They're a villain species. They yeah. kind of have to be. It's true. It's true. But they spend like, they spend so much time being like, yes, yeah, so and there's nothing they can do about it. Oh, their primitive non-organic technology. Mm -hmm. Oh, why, we're the most superior race of all. And he's like, so after he kills off the two women and he's like, finally, now they can bring on the sex robots. The technology is just ahead of the funding. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> No more 3D women on this planet. It is the planet of the 2Ds. <sighs> I can't wait to tell my wife, Hatsune Miku. <laughs> uh, but he's just sort of stalking around. Uh, the Belkadam, by the way, the, the Excal Force uh, station is now completely covered with, with uh, tree farts. Oh, yeah. There's no escape. So he just starts walking down hallways, and he's like, yes, five remaining to kill. Four. Two, four remaining to kill. Three. Three <laughs> remaining to kill. <laughs> uh, two of which are undoubtedly asleep. Because those are the ones that are supposed to be my buddies, and I, I should be asleep, but I'm out here murdering. Yeah. So I guess he's just going to go murder a couple of people in their sleep like a true warrior would. Well, they uh, don't deserve ah, that's right. a true warrior's death. That's convenient that, that the person who determines whether or not they determine a true warrior's death is also the person who administrates that. Uh, yeah. it's, it seems like they would probably have a better system of government than that on Yuzhen Vongia or whatever the fuck they're well, from. Well, all of the Yuzhen Vong are worthy of that. That's true. Every because one of they're them Yuzhen is, Vong. Every single, they grew up in Mega City 1, <laughs> and every single one of them is a judge. This guy's name is Judge Carr. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. So meanwhile, we get to go check in with a different Yuzhan Vong, Nominor. Yes, Nominor and Shaktanoctan. The tough the... act in Shaktanoctan is one of the, the few people to get off planet. Yeah, they yeah. are in the ricketyest two-stage rocket. Yeah, they're literally like using the Saturn V to get off the planet of Osarian. Yeah, and they're like, all right, let's do this. And of course, Nominor being a Yuzhan Vong is just freaked out because he's like oh man not only is this not the organic tech that i would prefer which is of course superior mm -hmm. yuzhan vong technology yeah, of course because it's made out of coral and goop why, why wouldn't you want to fly around in a rock that's controlled by an octopus but this even among the technology standards for these barbarians is low grade well yeah for sure i mean this is like we're dealing with star wars level technology and he's like in a movie the movie space cowboys yeah it's a, it's a weird choice, but, uh, you know, there's a reason for it. He's taken off in a multi-stage rocket, and one of the stages, one of the boosters, isn't even actually a booster rocket. Yes, it's a booster chair, and then he can sit up and have his beans. <laughs> like a big boy. Yes. Yes, like a big boy, I shall eat my beans, and I shall color in this maze. 
I mean, not find the way out. I will just color in the maze. I'm at that level. I don't have to stay inside the lines. Such is the way of a lesser non-hunter species. <laughs> I think from all the angles. Uh, so, yeah, they go up there and we see outside of the rocket that, like, both of uh, the two planets, Ramamul and Osarian, are just firing missiles back and forth at each other while the fighters from the Mediator are scrambling trying to knock them out of the sky. Now, both these planets don't have especially strong military presences, so they're basically shooting, like, nukes, like ICBMs at each other, which would be dangerous if they didn't have, like, X-Wings and stuff. So they're just flying around shooting them down. Yeah. It's uh, it's just sort of a, we're, we're going to stay in the middle of this war till you guys run out of steam, and then you get to sit until in the corner. Until you guys run out of missiles. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting idea, like like a non-interstellar actual war happening between two planets. Uh, Nominor contacts Admiral Akdul aboard the Mediator because he was like, oh, hey, I'm willing to meet with you. And I know the last four times I said I was willing to meet with someone and do something about this, I completely did not and yeah, was just an asshole. I blew but it off. this time, yeah. definitely going to be different. Yeah, so Actul's like... Oh, okay. No problem. We will we'll come and escort you in, and you'll be safe as long as you get to us. You're safe, and we will get you to us. Ah, great. Thanks. Bye. Click, <clears throat> and yeah. hangs up on him. Uh, then starts readying prep because, like I was saying, one of the booster rockets is empty, save for a hidden A wing. Indeed, and he sets up his <laughs> brilliant disguise for his rocket of. A guy that's been decapitated and a communication sack on top of his head. Right. He sticks a villip on this guy's head like you put a pumpkin on, like a stuffed suit of clothes around Halloween. Yep. And he's like, ah, oh, that ought to do it. Anyway, all, to the A-Wing! After all, it turns into a 3D model of my head, which up until now I did not realize was in color. Yeah. I thought it just turned into a goopy, like, brownish flesh Yeah, I just thought head. you had, like, a testicle talking to you that looked like someone's face. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, if you just sculpted some... Like, if you just won a testicle sculpting contest at a Wisconsin State Fair. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the famous testicle sculpting contest at Wisconsin State Fairs. Yeah, obviously. Who's going to challenge me on that? People from Wisconsin? Ha, I'd like to see them try. Ha! It's not like they have any technology to listen to this. They certainly have never heard a podcast. Certainly. <laughs> so... He's going to go hide an A-Wing, which he has had modified to be a two-seater, so he can keep taking Shockton Octon with him, and he sticks some random corpse up on the seat and prompts a villip on it, and then tickles the villip till it turns into his face. And uh, he's going to be in the A-Wing communicating with him, because they'll like send the second booster out as if it was actually doing the two-stage bit, but mm -hmm. it's mostly just dropping that so they can get away. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, some Osarian fighters, like the mercenaries from the Osarians, show up and start trying to shoot down this rocket. Yeah, so this some Z-95 show up. Yeah, and Actul's like, don't worry, we'll save you from those guys. And sure enough, here come a bunch of X-Wings, and there's a whole space battle happening. But uh, part of the, the rocket does get damaged, because obviously it's just practically a static piece of equipment. And and uh, there's a perfect chance for Nominor to be a smug dickhead about everything, because he's like, ah, you said you'd protect us. To the manure pits of Aeolus with you, or whatever it is. <laughs> Can I get the manure aioli with that? Thanks. <laughs> oh, so good. Could it be a classic aioli, just garlic? I know in America it's like a mayo thing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's, he curses out Actul, 
And Atul's like, yeah, 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 stand by. We're going to catch you with a tractor beam. I'll die for sure. No, no, no. We're going to get you with a tractor beam. It's fine. I hate talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Like, every time Actul has to interact with this guy, he's just like, oh, okay, yes. Yes, we will get you. No, you're not going to die. I fucking hate you. Yeah, it's like having to call Uncle Ruckus for something. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, damn it. I don't want to talk to this guy. Uh, so... So they do get hit by a tractor beam, and the whole while, Shaktanakhtan and uh, Nominor are just sitting in the A wing, looking out the viewport of that second little empty bit. Yeah, they're just, just watching they're, this. They're in a random booster shell that's just sort of hanging around in deep space by itself, watching all this happen. And uh, eventually, they escort it in, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> <sighs> Nominor gets to over the view channel say boom. He literally says boom, which I guess is the keyword to detonate all the warheads on the sh- ship that yeah, he it was, was a, in. It was a his uh, rocket that he took off in was a nuke, and he do he detonates straight up. It literally says it's a nuclear device. I guess because that's what Ramamul has. Well, so, yeah, no, yeah. he's got. They were like, okay, we took a rocket and shoved it full of explosive nuclear material yeah and then we bugged the fuck out yeah so they they take off they blow up a chunk of the mediator but honestly a nuclear weapon isn't really that big of a deal in star wars no i mean it it doesn't even take out the whole mediator no it blows up most of the like bit where it came in so like the entire docking bay gets blown up Mm -hmm. a lot of the escorting x-wings and whatnot are blown up and it has enough force to actually like spin the mediator around before the thrusters can get it on like stabilized yeah and while this chaos ensues they break free from their their booster shell in the a-wing and escape but they leave everyone to think that nominor uh, died in the explosion that he caused in that ship yeah my, I think my favorite part of all the subterfuge is when he's using the villip to talk to actual he remembers all of a sudden that the villip can't nod yes <laughs> so he's like uh yes normally i would nod in this situation but instead Yes. <laughs> uh, he escapes in an A-Wing uh, after blowing up a huge chunk of the Mediator. But again, he probably didn't kill Actul or uh, Nukes just aren't that big of a deal in Star Wars. No, it probably did, you know, some crippling damage to the Mediator, but not to the point where it's like, oh, no, we can't function. But just like, you sure blew a hole into us. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely going to take the mediator out of commission for a long time. Probably has to go into dry dock. And definitely it's going to be way harder for it to intervene in the missile fight between Osarian and Ramamul. Yeah. Which is the gloating that Nominor does as they're flying away. He's like, ha ha, their war will go on and become the spark that ignites the flame that blah, blah, blah. And then an octopus monster will take over the galaxy. Or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he's basically just like, good. Now that no one can really stop them from fighting they'll actually go to full war and then the Republic will have to pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll take resources away from trying to look at us over on the uh, outer rim. I think it'd be way funnier if the Empire, or, sorry, if the Republic's plan to deal with this was just to come out there and put in some of those galactic planet shields like from uh, Rogue One or uh, Courtship of Leia. Just put, a, just put a shield around the planet so the nukes don't get out. They just start blowing up on the shield. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, shoot. They're blowing up in the sky, and then chunks are raining down. We gotta, we officially have to stop this. They figured out how... They just shielded the planet. Oh, <laughs> I hate people with good technology. This is the worst. I guess we have to go back to mining in here. Mm, mm, mm. So, 
they fly off, and they are going to go to a new planet where Nominor is going to do the same shit over there, because that's what he does. He foments wars. That's his whole job. But first, when they get out of hyperspace, uh, Shock Tanakhton has just passed out and is asleep, because mm -hmm. nothing makes me sleepier than escaping a two-planet war and nuking a New Republic ship. Oh, and riding in a modified A-Wing to, to fit two people, which is nuts, because the A-Wing's already the smallest of those ships. Yeah. So, yeah, he's super comfy and just able to fall asleep right away, which is good, Yeah, because then that gives Nominor the ability to call Dagara on his testicle. I, at this point, was pretty much convinced that Shock Tanakhton was just another Eugene Vogue who was in on everything, but no, he's a human, so we're keeping secrets from him. Yeah, I... <laughs> I don't get it, because, like, what purpose does he serve that you need him? Yeah, I don't understand yet either. I, I assume it's just that he maybe he deserves a warrior's death. Maybe he did something really cool earlier and we didn't get a chance to see it. But even then, I'm like, why would you continue to take someone that you're like, oh, yeah, this is uh, definitely a person that we don't want to find out that the Yuzhen Vong are a thing. Mm -hmm. So I have to hide what I am and my communications from them. But I'm going to make a call to the other leader in this right next to his head in a tiny-ass ship. Also, what does Shaktanatan think is going on? Yeah, is he just like, oh, yeah, finally, you started a war between two planets and fucked him up. Let's go keep doing that. That sounds like it's good for the people. Yeah, I don't understand what he, what he thinks the current goal is. Like, oh, yeah. Well, clearly you, you, instead of wanting to mediate and lead the planet Ramamul to, like, victory or whatever, you wanted it to get blown up by a superior foe, and then you wanted to peace out on a secret A-wing and take a chunk of a, of a Republic ship and go try again somewhere else. I, I like, as far as I can tell, Shaktanakhtin thinks that Nominor actually is, like, a leader for the people yeah he's some sort of demagogic anti-droid leader <laughs> but at the same time he's not really doing anything that would inspire confidence in anyone yeah no i i, I tried to put myself in shocked and octon shoes when i was reading this and i was like it doesn't make any sense for him to still be hanging around like he'd be like yeah let's definitely go do that again i'm sure it'll I, i'm sure i'll be the one who gets to keep surviving from planet to planet oh of course no one would ever harm me Shocked and Octon. Well, he calls up Prefect Degara, uh, and they have some pleasantries that I guess that Yuzhan Vong have to do. And at least to Salvatore's credit, he's like, you know what? I've, I'm getting sick of these people talking to each other and their stupid, like, uh, smug language, so I'll just skip that part. Yeah, so they do all of their greetings and whatever, and then they're like, hey, so uh, how's Yeoman Carr? Ah, he by now he is alone on a planet of, of plague. My new eyes in the quadrant. Oh, has he sent out a message yet? Oh, no, but he should soon. Really? Yeah. Well, All right. How and why? Well, I guess be uh, via Villop. I guess. Uh, and then they need to talk about the war coordination effort, where the war coordinator, their giant brain tentacle monster yeah, with their one big flat tooth. Their buck-toothed octopus. <laughs> is uh like oh i've got to coordinate everything and it's sort of like the hive mind for ships so that like all of their little coral skippers and the world ships and everything it just sort of sends out information to all of them yeah. so that 
They can fly in perfect formation. They have perfect information. It also helps control the hyperspace, the Dovin basal thing, so that the hyperspace maneuvers can be especially tricksy and what have you. So at the moment, they are both concerned that they need to expand in fast because right now they are weak in that linchpin. If the, the Republic were to somehow find out about what's going on and find out where and send a fleet to that one ice planet and blow up the octopus, which is at the core of that ice planet, then uh, they would suffer a, a small loss in well, operations efficiency. A- that would be a crippling blow. Yeah. Like, if they found out where we were and blew up our octopus brain, then we would be very fucked up. Yeah, well, they'd just be like, oh, we're, we're ha- our coordination is all messed up. Shoot. Uh, that is, they, they say it's the double-edged sword of using a Yamosk. That if you have the Yamosk, it's, it coordinates your shit amazingly. But if you lose it, oh, no. All your shit goes to pot. Yeah, it's like trying to run a 4th edition D&D game without a leader on the team. <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, do it. Take a leader. So uh, they are like, okay, we've got to make sure our foothold here stays. Yeah. And there's only one actually populated planet near us. Pretty much everything else in this sector is garbage. Yeah, and it's called like Cernpedal. Yep. And ask your doctor if Cernpedal is right for you. <laughs> but Cernpedal is the only thing in the area that's like oh they've actually got people and technology and it's like a for reals planet instead of like yeah just an outpost it's got republic connections and and an actual population so they they're like okay well that's probably the right place to start like and it's, it's the it, most risky because there's the most chance they would be able to do something about an attack yeah but it's also your biggest threat yeah so <laughs> It's interesting to watch this conversation unfold because so far everything's been like meticulously planned at each step of the uh, the Eugene Vong plan. But here they're, they're it's not, the both of them are basically they're just spitballing. Yeah, they're just kicking a can back and forth. They're like, so what do you think we should do? I don't know. I was thinking CERN Padal. We had a <laughs> we had a perfect plan for the first ten minutes of this plan. Now we're winging it. Yeah, so we, well, go- we sent out you two idiots. Yeah, and now we're just sort of meh, playing by ear. Yeah. Or, you know, what would be ears if we hadn't cut them off with glorious scars to ah. praise our Yamosk. I gave myself a cauliflower ear. Oh, I gave myself a cauliflower pizza. <laughs> you can't even tell the difference. <laughs> I can. So uh, they're like, yeah, all right, fine. Cernpedal, Cernpedal. But we have to do it. We have to do it dramatically, but quietly, but dramatically. Look, we have to go in there and be like, what up? I got a big cock, but also not so much that they're like, oh, no, we need someone to deal with this big cock. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the two of them basically kind of hem and haw for a long. It's kind of the fly casual discussion for these guys. <laughs> I don't know. Fly casual. Uh, but eventually the uh, Prefect Agara suggests a maneuver, which I know it's something the core. Yogan's core. Yogan's core. Y- Yogan's core seems extremely effective, and I'm surprised they don't use it all the time. They send one of their Dovin basils, which I'm still not even sure what those look like or are, but they're the things that they, they do. They, some sort of sphere, I'm sure. There's some sort of goop sphere, which uses long-range invisible... Uh, gravity like, tethers. Gravity tethers. So it has one part where you shoot it at one thing and one part where you shoot it at another. Mm-hmm. And so if you're flying a ship... But it's like, all done with like quantum entanglement, so you can't like cut a tether. There's no physical tethers. No, it's just... 
what do you do? We shoot a beam of gravity over at something, and they can and shoot. It pulls us towards it, or or pushes us or away. Pushes from us it. away. So yeah. we've got four of them, and we'll just like how we maneuver is essentially bouncing gravitationally off of stuff. So they have to keep a constant star chart because unless if in, even if they're not near anything in deep space, they can still use their Dovin basils because they're like hyperspace speed, so they can hit nearby the, or like other sectors and junk. Oh yeah, like you can. You don't need to have it nearby. You can target something on the other side of the galaxy, and it'll start pulling you towards it. So Yogan's core is to send a Dovin basil so that it crash lands on the planet's surface, then have it send one of its tethers to the planet's core, and another tether to the moon of the planet, and then just smash them into each other. Yeah, just pull the moon into the planet, and apparently this is what, like, before the Yuzhen Vong were completely united... One of their people did this mm-hmm. before they had realized what the fuck. And so quickly, because they actually know what a fucking Dovin Basil is and what the hell's going on. They're like, oh, we can just do the opposite. We'll just set one of our Dovin Basils to the core and the moon, but have it on push instead of pull. And who gives a shit? But the first time he did it, it blew up a planet. Yeah. So because, you know, humans don't have this technology, they're like, Oh, we could just do this, and they'll have no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah, we'll just smash a moon in. And at first, uh, Nominor's like, I don't know if that's a good idea. That's a little... Hey, you know what? Fuck it. It sounds like fun. Let's do that shit. Yeah, because I think at first he was like, oh, why would we... Oh, wait a minute. These are humans. Because if you had suggested that to any Yuzhen Vong, he'd be like, that's dumb. They would immediately counter it, and it would be pointless. Yeah, but humans don't have Dovin basils. Yeah. So we can just go in there and smash moons into things. Or I guess this whole galaxy. I don't know who lives on Cernpedal when, when I get around to it. I'm not, I'm not sure what species is dominant there. I mean, I don't know. I assume it's humans because it's always humans. I mean, given that, that I... This is real foreshadowing, given that everyone knows how a certain main character of Star Wars eventually dies in these books. Yeah. But, uh... Boy, we sure know how this is going to go down. So anyway, yeah, uh, that's pretty much the end of them. They're like, yes. Oh, and then eventually uh, Shocked and Octon wakes up. And then the very last thing that he was saying was like, oh, yes, oh, I will await your call, Dagara. Mm-hmm. And then Octon wakes up and he's like, no, what'd you say? Something about calls? What's going no, oh, on? Oh, yes, the, the call of the oppressed begging for mercy from the uncaring counselors of the New Republic. Yeah, that's, that's what I care about. That's a pretty good alibi, but why are you yelling about it to no one? <laughs> or are you just preparing your next speech? Hmm. Yes! Speeches! <laughs> why, Evil! I still don't know why I'm keeping you alive. <laughs> Probably because you're the only one that can fly this because I don't like technology. No, that's a good You're point. You're like my Uber. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. He really doesn't like technology, so he's been unhappy in all these spaceships. Yeah, he's just taken, like, shocked and octon for a ride. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. That makes a lot more sense to me. Uh, and meanwhile, at Lando's <laughs> magic caravan palace of endless delights, the siblings are all having a discussion where they're like, oh, Jaina, what was it like to be a super awesome pilot for so long? All right, I'm sick of the fact that Anakin and Jason seem to only have the one conversation. Yep, uh, but they'll have it again here. It's the same coffee with uh, Jason being like, being like, I just wasn't able to meditate hard enough to achieve total force perfection. Well, you see, the reason Jaina was able to stay out there is she found her bliss. Yeah, she found her perfect meditation point. Well, yeah, but so did you, and you still uh, bitched out before even I did, because she's also a very good pilot. Like, she practices piloting. 
That's the reason she used the force to augment her piloting, which was really good, and yours wasn't, which is why you're a piece of it shit. It sounds like two characters discussing how to build our, our RPG characters. We're like, oh, should I invest heavier in the core stat or in the relevant skill that I would like to affect? Huh? Uh, but yeah, Jason's like, no, I lasted longer than you because I'm a trained pilot and I have the force. I'm sorry, that's Anakin's yeah. argument. Jason's just like, nah, man, you can win anything if you just force hard enough. Yeah, if you just shove the force hard enough inside yourself, you'll force so hard that force starts forcing out of you. You'd want, I wonder if his actual win state in this, like Jason's, would just be to fly into the meteor shower and then just use the force to rebuff them all. <laughs> She'd be like, all right, I'll He just sits there with a force bubble like, yeah, eh, fuck eh, you. Whatever, I can do this literally until I run out of air and food. Might as well take down the thing. I broke the game. Yeah, but then, you know, Jason's like, oh, well, if it's just about augmenting, how come you can't beat me in a fight, huh? You're always practicing that. Yeah, and he's like, like, I'll fucking fight you right now. Oh, shit, you piece. It's because you're older than me, dickhead. (laughs) Uh, You're like five years older than me, and I'm 12. Come on. Yeah, I think they are at this age. uh, What is it? They're they're currently 14 and 17, respectively. Something like that. Yeah. but he's like, I'll fight you right now. Fuck you. And Jane and Jaina finally kicks in. She's like, hey, guys, oh that's, my God. That's shut not, the fuck up. The two not, of you. Well, that's not how Jedi Knights act with each other. And indeed that it is not, because here comes the Jedi Knight to have a fun conversation with our erstwhile heroes. Kip Duran comes striding in. I, I like that Anakin is the one to greet him. And there's nothing like no exclamation point. He just goes, Kip. Mm hmm. <laughs> Like, I feel like that's as much respect as he deserves, right? Yeah. It's sort of... Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> he comes in, and, and the fact that everyone doesn't just call him a murderer and start throwing, like, poop at him. Hey, you genocide fuck. What's yeah. up? I uh, remember when your entitlement led to the death of trillions? How you doing, pal? Hey, what's up? It's always nice to see you wandering around in three X-Wings. <laughs> uh, But yeah, he is... He's like, oh, I needed to... Come see you guys before we took off on another rad Jedi space mission. You see, I'm in charge of my own squadron of cool spaceships. Like, yeah, great. You got a, uh, mm. you got fucking, what's his name? Mike Berbiglia with you? Uh, M- <laughs> Miko Regalia. M- Miko Reglia, yeah. Miko Reglia. He's like, yeah, Miko is one of my many co-pilots. I have so many pilots, but you know. I could always use more Jedi if you guys want to come bust up some smugglers with me. Also, there was kind of a smug comment from one of the kids here where they were like, oh, you've got like 14 ships. I bet only like three of them are Jedi, though. I was like, you dickheads. How many Jedi do you think are in the galaxy right now? There's only a couple hundred. The galaxy's pretty big. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But even then. And also, you you know a lot of really good non-Jedi pilots, like personally, by name, including your dad. (laughs) But Jason is uh, having none of this shit. He's just like, hey, Kip, you gonna go out and be fucking galactic police, you piece of shit? Yeah, Jason at least is on target with this whole, like, I don't like the idea of the Jedi as police. Because he's like, so what do you do exactly? You just chase smugglers around? Well, shouldn't we? Hey, there was a time when smugglers were actually on our side, you remember? He's like, yeah, but fuck them. <laughs> yeah. They're not now. Now they're not on our side. And he's like, don't you have bigger things to do than chase around local smugglers? You're you're a Jedi. Why don't you be a Jedi instead of being a police force? And he's like, because I'm a big goddamn hero. Fuck you. That's why. Yeah. Remember Kip Duran is a piece of shit. Kip Duran is trash. 
Kip Duran is garbage. All Jedi are bastards. Kip Duran <laughs> is the Eric Trump of Star Wars. I hate him so much. Yeah. So, just in case you were curious, no one likes Kip Duran. <laughs> and Except if Anakin. Anakin. Anakin's on board. Well, yeah, he's got a minor case of hero worship, which I think is probably born about half from this guy gets to fly around and do whatever he wants, and half from this guy gets to fly around and murder anyone he wants. <laughs> Literally any number of people. This is the most prolific murderer in the history of the galaxy, and I'm talking to him. Yay! So Anakin is just like, yeah, you're doing God's work out there. Yeah. You know, might makes right, so you get out there with your lightsaber and you fuck a dude up. Do whatever you want with that free Republic X-Wing that you've got, Ugh. which they give the good ones to the Jedi first for some reason, even though they're not Republic members. I'm still working on the details, but I think it's rad. <laughs> and uh. Kip's like, oh, by the way, Jaina, I saw that flying. Really good, but I'm going to take that record back. And I'm Ooh, like, as soon as I get back from... Whatever dumb mission I'm doing, oh, I'm going to go right back to the top of that list. And she doesn't say something like, you know, I beat your time, which was 11 minutes, by 16 minutes, right? <laughs> like, I more than doubled you. I skunked you in cribbage terms, my dude. Yeah, this is not a thing you come back from. You should just congratulate me and fly away. <laughs> uh, But no, he has to go off and... This is the smuggest thing. If you thought you didn't like Kip Duran before, he has to go get his squad together and leave playing pretty much the Star Wars version of the Ride of the Valkyries and doing an entire, like, 12-person maneuver to this song that he is playing over the loudspeakers. Yeah, he actually has the loudspeakers on the outside of the station engaged. I guess in the part that has air so that there's sound transfer to play a loud march, John Philip Sousa march, while the 10 ships that aren't him and his Jedi uh, the apprentice uh, take off and arrange themselves in formation out in the stars. And then with red trails of ion energy behind them, him and his apprentice rocket through the circle made by the others and fly away like he's trying to get stunt dice or something. Oh, yeah. He's just like, oh, I got to put on a show when I leave a space station and i'm like okay how did he get music you're you're co-opting the bass's speakers it's not like the x-wings are putting out this song he is doing this through the communications array on lando's uh station and then flying around being like look at me mm -hmm. and i'm like dude you're the worst. This is very lame. Like, Anakin is into it, but Anakin's like 12. Of course he's into it. He's just like, oh, cool. F fucking pilots. They have their own theme music. Oh, that's so badass. Oh, man. Whereas everyone else is like, oh, I can't believe you're doing this. Like, oh. if, if I were to be like, oh... If I ever walk into a room, hmm? I have a boombox that plays a thing for me, and I do a special dance when I walk in. That's not going to be badass. That's going to be everyone looking at me like, what is this goober doing? Maybe if the music happened without the intervention of, like, local authorities. Like, if it just came from space. Like, if every time you walked into a room, also just the universe started playing superstitious. 
Like, that would be something, yeah. but it isn't. It's, it's me walking in, yeah. setting a boom box down, hitting play. Walking out again. Walk there's, out. There's a 10 second delay. And then you come in doing finger guns to everyone. But you're like, yeah, how you doing? Hey, it's uh, me. This hey, song's cool. I'm basically doing that scene from Spider-Man 3 now. <laughs> and I'm going to come in later to that one Kill Bill song that's perfect for badassing into a room. <laughs> Battle Without Honor or Humanity. That's the one. Yeah. And... <sighs> He flies off, and of course, Anakin's like, wow, that was great. Hey, Dad. Hey, Uncle. Hey, everybody. Did you see that Kip? He's the best, isn't he? Can I have my own X-Wing, and also, can I use the station's loudspeakers to play Bloody Tears from Castlevania? Because that'd be the most badass. (laughs) Uh, But with them gone, now it's time for Lando to try and uh get the adults involved in his ridiculous asteroid dodging scheme so basically he starts by trying to convince luke that luke gotta fly the course he's like dude luke you're an amazing pilot you're the most experienced jedi you could easily go out there and fucking rock that record yeah and i'm sure luke's like i don't want to take the record away from jaina that like, that's a dick move one i don't want to do that they're they are my nieces and nephews that would be a dick move two i don't want to let you put up the name luke skywalker on your dumb board like as if i was supporting you yeah three mara's not into this yeah because he's like oh we also have a two-seater record that you could go for no jedi are on that board i did really like the smug mara response of like uh where, where she was like well, do you want to do this, Mara? I just did. Because she's like, I trained that kid who just took the record. Yeah, that I count, don't need to go out there. Counts as mine. <laughs> and like, it kind of like, bothers me cool. that it kind of bothers me that there's no Jedi on the two seater record. Like you think Kip and Mik- Miko would just go pick that up for sparesies? No, because they're competing against each other. Yeah, but then they could also team up to compete against everyone else for the two seater record and be like, haha, you never, you'll never get that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. I guess like, no one cares if they get that and no one else is a jedi doing it they're like yeah we did that anyway that didn't matter i guess that's true i don't remember if they mentioned if any other jedi had their names on the board before uh jason and jana showed up besides miko and uh yeah it was just i think them miko and and even then miko wasn't like one and two miko was was down a bit no it was like one and ten yeah yeah which means there were a bunch of pilots that were better than someone with force training so Really, they were just like, oh, I got to hone my abilities on that. Yeah, I think I think they mentioned that like Anakin went to the number four spot on the leaderboards. Yeah. So there's there's still a couple of Jedi between or, or pilots between him and Kip that are non Jedi pilots, which are you know, crazy badasses. Maybe they're members of Kip's dozen plus two squadron. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, when he realizes when Lando realizes that he can't talk Luke and, and Mara Jade into this nonsense, he starts trying to work Han. Yeah, he's like, oh, everyone knows that Han and Chewbacca are the flying partners. Mm-hmm. You guys are the best flyers out there. Han's like, I don't want to do that. I'm old and crappy. Leave me alone. Look, I'm old. I'm slow. I don't want to do your dumb bullshit. Plus, we can't fit a Wookiee in a TIE bomber. Just don't even try. You're... <laughs> Chewbacca, if you try and get in there, your feet are going to dangle out the bottom like the Flintstones, and we're going to have to kick asteroids away from us. Yeah, and that would be an unfair advantage, so we'd probably get DQ'd. <laughs> but Lando won't stop needling him about it, and finally gets him to do it by pointing out that there's some other smugglers that hold the record right now that are that are 
like bad smugglers and not good smugglers. Yeah, they're the the jerk smugglers, which are like they go around their braggarts and they're like, oh, we we shot down so many ships and we're the best and we've gotten so many smuggled goods. Yeah, it it launches into one of those overly hyperbolic expanded universe descriptions where it's like if they had even one one hundredth the credits that they claim to have, they'd be the richest smugglers in the galaxy by a factor of ten. And if they had shot down one one hundredth of the Empire ships that they had claimed, why the Emperor would have been out of an armada before the New Republic even... Stop it. They're couple of dicks we could just go to that yeah so moss devers and twingo uh or a twi'lek and a Sullustin, respectively is that right or is it a rodian i forget the first one uh i know that twingo is oh it's a bothan it's a uh, bothan uh, and a Sullustin. ah okay wait what was his name then moss devers moss devers where's his honorific where's elia well he I doesn't he's have a smuggler, an honorific, so he doesn't he's get a to have an honorific. yeah fair enough I've, it's starting to bother me that we have this whole thing where Cough Milan way back in the day was like, ah, yes, you're probably wondering why I don't have the standard Cough Melanie Leah name that I would have for being a good Bothan. It's because I'm a bad Bothan or whatever. And But now we've met a total of three Bothans, and two of them don't have the standard honorific. Yeah, but two of them are bad Bothans. I guess so. Just all these bad Bothans everywhere. Yeah, yeah that's so, what I want. I want so, me a bad Bothan. So wait, would his last name have been Deversy Leah then? Apparently. That's a terrible name. <laughs> Anyway, these two are a pair of chucklehead fucks, and I guess Han can't stand to let them have a record. Oh, yeah, because he's like, oh, if word gets around that we didn't even try, then it means they're going to go and say, yep, that's right, Han Solo and Chewbacca know that they couldn't beat us because we're the best, and they fully support how good we are. Han Solo and Chewbacca, who haven't been smugglers for 25 years... <laughs> but they've been pilots, you see. So if like they if a, say they wouldn't be willing to face the challenge of their record, it's them saying, oh, they wouldn't even try to beat us. Yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. It, it, it's like if uh, a modern-day WWE wrestler was like, hey, if Steamboat whatever isn't willing to get in the ring with me... Yeah, if Steamboat Willie isn't willing to come out here and fight me... He's 116, you asshole! Me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'll put the Iron Sheik in his place. <laughs> his place is a home. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so anyway, uh, eventually they capitulate, and now Han is going to go through and fly the the thing, and it just starts some. I so some, just we just go to a comedy sequence. Well, the the thing is, they get in, and of course, trying to get Chewbacca into the Tie Fighter is an entire thing where. It's a ridiculous uh, procedure where now his like knees are up to his chin and he's just sort of a ball of Wookiee sitting in a co-pilot seat. Yeah, he's trying to fly this ship, but he's got like to reach around his own legs to get to the controls and stuff. But when they take off, everyone sees them go and they're like, holy shit, look at them. They're fucking amazing. So like, oh, yeah, they dance out there and they do like a sweet dive and spin around some other things and then go shooting through and they're like. Wow, Han Solo and Chewbacca, they really are the best. They've still got it. And then we cut to inside the tie bomber. Yeah, where three stoo well, two Stooges stuff is happening. They just keep accidentally whacking each other and whacking each other's controls in lucky ways that cause them to spin around asteroids. Yeah, like Han Solo is nonstop screaming mm -hmm. as he's like, oh, no. Yeah. 
He's just like, ah, whoop, come here, you shout ahead. Yuck, 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 whoa, I, I, yada. Like, he was about to pull the tie up, which would have made them crash into a meteor or asteroid that mm-hmm. they had not seen. Yeah. But then Chewbacca accidentally need the controls and they dove instead, which made them miss it. Yeah. And then, like, he tries to pull the lever one way, Chewbacca pulls it another way, nothing happens. Yeah, which is perfect, because they needed nothing to happen. And so then they che- could fly right through the two asteroids, which everyone thought, there's no way there's enough room for that. Yeah. So everyone back on the station is like, they're geniuses. Meanwhile, Chewbacca's all, whoop, 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 harn, harn, harn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the inside of this is a ridiculous comedy of errors. And then they eventually start trying to figure out how to actually fly like reasonable people. And they're like, oh, let's just copy Jaina's trick of, of using the shields to bounce off asteroids in useful ways. So they call over to Lando and they're like, hey, uh, what's our time? And Lando contacts him back. They're like, hey, you're, you've been out there for 3.33 and... The like Moss Deaver's record is like 440, so you're you're real close, buddy. Yeah, you're doing like, great. Uh, uh, what? What's our time? Comes back. Yeah. So there's a problem with the communications array. They're like, oh shit, can we can we do that? And they're like, oh no, it's it's their end. Like something's fucked up with them. All of the communications are down, and because all of the communications are down, it means we can't target them. With our shield uh, generator. Thing. Because the import- one of the things about this whole operation that made it possible is that these TIE fighters don't have shields on the ships. They're being controlled by a local platform beaming shields at them. Yeah, and because it can beam ridiculously powerful shields, they're pretty much just like wrapped in bubble wrap when they go out there. Yeah. But now, Han and Chewie, in their fucking ridiculous nonsense slapstick TIE fighter are flying without any protection. But they find out right away, because they try to bounce off one of the uh, w- one of the asteroids, and instead they kind of crash into it. Yeah, they're like, they're oh, like, we'll just use our sh- like shields and just skim the edge of this asteroid, which will bounce us back onto a course. And when they do that, they instead just, like, rip off a chunk of the TIE fighter. Yeah, and then they kind of disappear behind some rocks, and everyone else is like, oh my god, we have to go in there and rescue them! They're diving towards their doom! Yeah, Luke... Like, before anything even happens, he is run out of that Mm -hmm. uh, observation room and down to an X-Wing. Yeah, he's going to go try and rescue his buddies. Uh, Meanwhile, Jason, Jaina, and Anakin have gone to go explore the rest of the ship. Nothing really happens with them, but they, like, jump down a tube that, like, uses air. Oh, that was way earlier. I just wanted to mention it because it was weird. Yeah, apparently Lando's weird little... like the space station station it's straight up like the old it's like pneumatic tubes you'd use to send the micronauts around your house oh no it it is straight up just futurama shit they yeah. are just tubing around and if you want to go from like the top floor f- to the bottom you just get a little wingsuit and just, air slowly gently puts you down yeah it's just it's like you just jump into free fall and it, you slow down as you t- come to the bottom yeah so weird but anyway yeah luke runs off to go rescue them and that's kind of the end of the chapter yeah, so they spiral off. No one has any communication. They don't know what's going on. Of course, you'd think that with Han and, and Chewie, the moment they realize they don't have shields, they'd just be like, all right, what's the fastest way out of the field? Because you get bounced out of the field when you lose, so obviously the field's not endless in every direction. Yeah, I mean, the other option, of course, being, hey, you know what? We've done a lot. Land on asteroids, and we'll just do that. Yeah, we'll find the big one and land on it and get in the exogorth, and everything will be fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll just find an exogorth. Just- 
We're cool. Where's the exo gorth? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's the two chapters. Pretty much more of the same. It's the Smug Yuzhan Vong and ridiculous like entertainment amusement park shit from at least in this them. time there's a threat at the end of the uh the skywalker and solo chapter yeah. with like oh no han's in danger uh because the first chat chapter what was that 10 was just yay everyone's having fun yay but yeah it's just i still th- love that it's like what is this oh well chapter 11 was uh a man is walking around stalking a murder planet that's full of poisonous gas, killing people. And in the other one, a man has started a nuclear war between two planets, blown up a ship, and is going to go do it again. Next chapter. Oh, I think I could get a good record on that there run. I'll be coming for your record, little Jedi, says Kipteron. Out we go! <laughs> Up the tee! We're off to the planet elephant hunt. <laughs> it is ridiculous uh screw kip duran i hope that he is first against the wall when the yushan fong come sadly he is not boo there's a list of casualties of the njo available and he's not one of them (laughs) (sighs) sigh so anyway uh that's the end of chapters 11 and 12 episode 6 of the njo story for us uh, we want to thank you all so much for listening. And as always, if you want to hear some more details about interesting Star Wars information, you can just, what was that? You can just go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash system mastery and support us at the $2 level. I was side burping. I moved my oh, mouth no, no, over no, no. to I was, the side. I was, I was talking to myself because uh, when I said interesting, some side details about interesting Star Wars information, that's not what we normally, that, that was bad branding. I was off brand. I wasn't worried about your burp. <laughs> no one's worried about my burp. That's You're- why I was like. Why do you care if I burp? I don't. I don't I care burp at all. into the no, mic. No, I was being, I was being, uh, what's, I, I, I was mad at myself, John. Yes. I was mad. I let you down. And uh-huh. I, want to, I want to apologize to you. I want to apologize to listeners. <laughs> Good? Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so two go, bucks. Go on over to the patreon.com slash system mastery. Give us two or more dollars. You get our expanded, expounded universe. And we have so many things to talk about in this universe that we call Star Wars. I don't know. I feel like I'm starting to run out. I'm not. I'll never run out. Okay, that's good. Uh, so anyway, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash system mastery and supporting us. Otherwise, we'll see you in a week with more content. Thank you so much for listening. We'll also see you at Gen Con if you're going to be there. Heck yeah. Whoop, whoop. Uh, and until next time, I've been Elan Sleeves Bagano. And I've got the best record on these death sticks. <laughs> <laughs>